Ready on the roar. And then Balotini gets the clean out roll. The clock was going to beat them anyway. And a near perfect first 40 has set up this victory for the English. England have stalled the Wallabies fortress and taken the win. Yes, and we're heading to a decider in Sydney after England's 25-17 win over Australia in the second test of the Ella Mobs Trophy Series tonight at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. Brett McKay with you for the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. And I'm joined by raw rugby expert Jim Tucker and my regular raw rugby podcast co-host Harry Jones for this, the instant reaction to England's win in the second match of the series. Oh, boys, boys, boys. This is on you, Harry Jones. You called two Northern Hemisphere wins this weekend and we've had it already. We'll, we'll come to New Zealand Island uh, toward the end, but whew, this one had everything, didn't it? Oh, that, you know, the North Rose. There was the rise of the North, and uh, I would say that that was one of those games where a platform beat individual efforts. Um, England came in a very cohesive form. They seemed to know what their body height was. Johnny Hill was having so much fun. I saw him at the end of the match uh, asking Falal Fanga to help him up. I mean, ultimate troll. Mm. Uh, It was tough to take. Swing low, sweet chariot singing when all the England players have actually told their fans not to sing that anymore. Uh, it was tough to take, but good on them. They came with a mm. plan and mm. they, uh, there's a reason why there's so many Wallabies uh, in the sick ward tonight. I mean, that was a very physical match. Yeah. 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 Really hard one. Jim, you're there at Suncorp stadium. What was the, uh, what was the, what was the reaction? What was the, the atmosphere in the stadium like? Well, for the Australians, Right from the very start, when Ellis Gans steamrolled over Michael Hooper, there was this gasp in the stadium going, the Poms are here to play. And that's mm. how it really panned out in that first 20-plus minutes. Uh, I mm. didn't realise Rob Liotta was on the field. Hunter Paisami didn't touch the ball. Uh, yeah. like It was really just total total England. And full credit to the Aussies to, to come back from 19-0 down. But yeah. we'll probably chew over the fact that maybe it could have been closer again. They had chances. Could well have been. Could well have been. Let's rip straight into uh, our, our headlines. And, and as we did last week, the, the idea of these pods is that we're offering up our immediate thoughts um, within this short, sharp format that um, that so many of you loved last week, and we'll follow it through the rest of the series. So we'll, we'll get straight into the headlines. Um, Jim, what's the what's the top line from from game two? Well. It was- Teniello Tupo nearly crashes the English Tea Party. Uh, mm. He did the ad for Stan Sport, looked perfectly set up really for Teniello. Uh, yeah. That bullocking run to get to the try line. Another nice little charge that set up the, the play uh, where Karevi went over. Uh, and it was quite instructive, I guess. He played just the 50 minutes, and after that, Australia only contributed one penalty goal to the, yeah. the score. So it's yeah. that, just that thrust that he gives the Wallabies uh, is so important to their mm. game. And he actually looked a little bit undone, but you're, you're right. Uh, it looked a little bit underdone, I should say, but you're right. Uh, his, his, his absence was certainly noted. Harry, what was your, your headline from tonight? My headline is from Shakespeare, the Bard, and it goes like this. Now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious <laughs> summer by the Suncorp Triumph. 
Yes. Yeah, I like with that. liberties. I, no, I, I mean, in the, in, in the end, what I didn't like was seeing the, uh, my headlight might be the Wallabies drop like flies season, yeah. you know, the series decided to come because it, it was really painful to watch serious injuries. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what the doctors are saying yet, but some of those look like people are, you know, gone for a while. Yeah. Well, I, I, and I think, I think you're right. I mean, Jordan Pataya failed his HIA, so he's out next week. He won't play. Jordan, uh, uh, Isaiah Parisi's knee looks rather serious. I can't mm. see him playing next week. Uh, Dave Rennie just post-match on Stan Sport was talking about Scotty Seo having uh, a little bit of a loss of feeling in his shoulder. So he's got to be in a bit of doubt. And Caden never went down late with a knee as well. So my headline tonight is is Philip nearly last man standing um, as, as the casualties mount because Matt Phillip was absolutely incredible tonight in a, in a losing effort. And um, yeah, on top of Andrew Kellaway in the halfway halftime break, suggesting that he might be out for as long as eight weeks and he's hoping to be back for the South African tests uh, in the rugby championship. This hasn't been a good night for the Wallabies at all. Right, so we can get some instant reaction within the instant reaction now. We're joined by Tony Harper, editor of The Raw, who has just come out of the press conferences at Suncorp Stadium. Tony, what was the Wallabies' reaction? What did Dave Rennie have to say um, about that performance tonight? We can imagine, uh, Brett, that he's pretty downcast about what's going on there tonight. He didn't want to blame injuries, he said. He yeah. didn't want to blame uh, the officials. He said that he had a lot of time for tonight's ref and it'd be refed by him a lot um, overseas. Uh, he, he did, though, explain that uh, Isaiah Parisi has a serious knee injury. Yeah. Um, it sounds like he's going to be out for some time. Uh, Scott Seo lost uh, feeling in his arm. Caden um, Neville is an MCL. Um, right. And uh, Pattaya, Pattaya with cushion probably puts him out of the next test as well. So, yeah. so uh, he did suggest um, he would look at... Uh, you know, bringing, bringing extras in, but uh, of course he didn't really go into who and, and where from. Yeah, right. What was his, his thoughts on, um, I mean, the collision was the one thing he was talking about all week uh, that they didn't quite get right in Perth. Um, exactly. Him saying that he wasn't blaming uh, the officials, um, he wasn't blaming anything except the fact that they weren't good enough in the collisions. He absolutely felt that they didn't start at all well there. Um, and, and I mean, it was plain to see, wasn't it? Yeah, certainly was. What about Eddie Jones on the other side of it? He maintains this Eddie. <laughs> quite incredible yeah. unbeaten record in test matches at Suncorp Stadium. Eddie, as you can imagine, was absolutely loving it tonight. <laughs> like the, oh, the, the difference yeah. from a week ago where yeah. it was like all one word answers and, and, and death stares at people. Um, he got stuck into one English guy tonight because uh, a week ago, the reporter Will Kelleher, I think of the Times, yep. had uh, asked him for a message for the fans who were out here and who were disappointed by how they'd gone. And tonight, tonight he was like, oh, I met fans after the game and they were devastated when we won. Um, I hope you're going to write about the fans tomorrow. <laughs> oh, you know, please ask him. me about the fans. But then, then he just went on from there. He, uh, you know, obviously lauded the kids. He basically put the win down tonight as opposed to the loss as being one extra week of, on the training paddock. You know, he said they've had uh, five five new players across two games and that's uh, all it took and that next week they'll have had even more time on there. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, he, he, res 
he was just waxing lyrical about everything. Not he, a bit. Uh, he, he said how much he loves playing at Suncorp, that it brings out an intense environment. And he came out with a great line. He said, it might be the scent from the brewery that encourages people to get stuck into each other. So, so for those who don't know Suncorp, once you walk out the door, the big four X's loom large right over the top of you. It's about a two-minute walk away. And the place does stink. I, I used to live right uh, around the corner from it. You'd be woken up most mornings or afternoons because I was a uni student by that intense brewery smell. Um, yeah. He's also loving the fact that... Uh, his mum's not going to ring him tomorrow morning saying, uh, when are you getting sacked, Eddie? Are you getting sacked in the morning? Are you coming home to live in Randwick? Oh, so it sounds like... Um, that's fantastic. You know, and, he signed, and he signed off with a bit more Sun Cult Love, a bit of a, uh, you know, a, bit of a dig at the fans here tonight um, about their scarf wearing, saying, he, you know, since when have Aussies worn scarves? There were a lot of half and half scarves. Um, but he said, I love coaching at uh, Sun Cult. You have... 40,000 people, all full of drink, and when you beat them, you love it. Before the, before the game, they were all saying to me, you're going to get belted, and they're not saying that now. Tony, thanks so much for bringing us um, the, the, the info from the press conferences. Um, no doubt we've got a lot to talk about over this next week. The Raw. Guys, our stock's rising and stock's falling. Harry, keep us keep us going there. Uh, whose stock's rose tonight from an Australian point of view, if you've got one? Ooh, this is, I think this is a very tough one. Uh, I'm informed by... So last week I did some research because the Springboks came, came back from an 18-3 to three hole and I did some research and only five teams, including the box last week, have ever mm. come back from that. Australia was not really down that much, but right in the beginning of the second half, they went down that much. And so yep. it's very interesting how the two captains handled that. So I'm going to give my stocks rising on the English side to Courtney Laws um, yep. because he captained through the comeback. He foiled the comeback, and then you saw him raging like a lion at the end and carrying like a, a monster. For the Australian team, for Wallabies, I would say Matt Phillip. You alluded yeah. to him, but I just think he was yeah. a rock. I saw him in in the in the huddle. He was actually the one speaking at some point. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought there was a failure of leadership elsewhere uh, in the senior and, players. And in, in a in a lineout that that misfired in a few different ways, he, he had three lineout steals himself tonight. He was absolutely incredible. Jim, what was uh, whose whose stocks are rising in your eyes? Well, I'd say uh, Tom Wright for me, mm. um, and mainly because early in his test career, he was the, the guy that would try and step outside someone and end up being corralled into touch and concede a line out to the opposition or maybe make an error. But he, he had to fluctuate tonight between wing, fullback, back to wing. Uh, got a lot of peppering with high balls, took just, a, well, took everyone. Um, got into the clear once, kicked ahead, and the, the crowd went off, 46,000 people minus the Poms in the crowd, were absolutely roaring when he hauled Freddie Stewart over the sideline, just yanked him out yeah. of the sideline. And that really got the energy up. So uh, Tom Wright looked like a test player, and that's fantastic to see because he's very skillful. Yeah, yeah. Look, I've, I've mentioned Rob Phillip. Look, I think Owen Farrell. Uh, I, I, I think you might be onto something, Harry. I, I wouldn't at all be surprised to see him play 10 next, next week for England. He just took that game by the scruff of the neck and he played it the way it needed to be played. Um, I, I think, uh, I think Marcus Smith was, was very much put on the, on the deputy 
the deputy chair for this game tonight and Farrell just took control yeah. of it as he needed to. Um, and it wouldn't at all surprise me to see him him given the, the reins next week. Um, stocks falling. I suspect that from a Wallaby point of view, the, this could be a long list. Jim, do you want to keep us going there? Well, I guess I'm thinking injury-wise, uh, the Parisi injury looked uh, serious. Um, yeah, it he's did. heading to surgery and a long layoff. And he was absolutely buzzing this week when I spoke to him. Uh, as much about where he's sat rugby-wise off the field and on the field, he's got uh, twins. Uh, he is back in Queensland. He was able to see them a little bit uh, on the Sunshine Coast. And he was really up about where his life was at the moment. Yeah. Good life for Parisi means good football. And he had a real chance tonight with a big chunk of a home test match to really make a mark. Um, and it could have been in that second half. He caught the kick that Karevi put through. And maybe yes. there's something rolling then and uh, collapsed under a knee. So really unfortunate for a fine player. And uh, we yeah. hope he comes back uh, uh, strongly. Yeah, we do. We do. Hope it's hope it's not too serious and that he's going to miss a, a chunk of time. Certainly, Harry, who's um, whose stock's falling? Uh, so I've got two places here. James O'Connor. One, yeah. Everyone knows he's one of my favorite was... Australian players of all time. But he was stinking up the joint. He made yeah. four or five errors at a critical point when the Wallabies had drugged themselves against all the odds right back into the match. And every single decision he had to make seemed like the wrong one or his, yeah. his, his, his pass back inside to, I think it was uh, Corabetti. It was terrible. I mean, it was, it yeah. was you know, like a there was bullet a, there was over a rough, There was a rough yeah. one to all see out at one point as well. He suddenly was yeah. confronted by, by three white shirts. He, he, Being he isolated at one time. Yeah, that that kick for the corner that he overcooked, <laughs> and oh yeah, you're right. It was wasn't he was he was the first name I wrote down, James O'Connor, and I wrote him down early. Unfortunately, he he didn't have a great night. Got to say, and I, and um, I was I was thinking that might have come down to as well, like picking someone based on you know legends, but instead of picking people who were in form at the end of Super Rugby, yeah. and sticking with them. Yeah, he was yeah, rusty. Issue. He was rusty, Harry. He I'd was. Um, yeah, yeah, I like. He'll make that. He kicked one out on the full too. Apart from the, uh, the penalty, yep. he didn't uh, knock over touch. Uh, it just looked rusty. Uh, the mistiming of the pass uh, inside—they're they're all things that, if you've been out yeah. for a little while, your, your timing's yep. just a bit askew. Yep. And yep. not the—it's not the right stage to have your timing off, is it? No, certainly not. Um, keep us keep us going, Jim. Who's who's? Um, oh, you've you've mentioned uh, Izzy Parisi. Look, I I don't think Falau Fienga, uh has done his chances of playing in Sydney. Um, much help tonight. I, I don't think he had a great time, but the first thing he came on and did was that crucial line-out throw that wasn't straight, which was straight after Tom Wright's line break and, and dragging Farrell out. And that was a moment, that, that was a real, it felt like a real turning point, didn't it? It just, from there on, there was just things weren't going uh, going the Wallabies way. And, you know, I just, Falau, I think, of I beg your pardon, had a, Another overthrow after that. Um, I don't know. Just didn't quite look on tonight, and so you know, we'll we'll see what what happens there. I, I guess. Um, what did we make of um, the talking point tonight? Was was more yellow cards? Unfortunately, I, I thought the Marcus Smith one at the end. Uh, I think there had to be a yellow card for the same reason that Parisi's wasn't the in the first half, and and deliberate knockdowns are just. Yellow cards more often than not these days. What did what do we think of those? Oh, look, I'm I'm very strong on the thought that 
there's so much rubbish in the game now in terms of red cards and yellow cards that the, the knockdown one is just give us back three minutes of every game. Just yeah. can't be a card offence. It, it's on the player who's attacking to be good enough or skillful enough to get the ball to the next guy. If someone gets a hand in the way, that's a lack of skill mm. from the attacker. So, sorry, uh, get rid of it. Um, like the, You shouldn't have had a test um, not ruined because it, uh, both teams no. played well no. in the 10-minute spots, but keep the players on the field. That, that's a rubbish call for 10 minutes. Yeah. Sorry, get rid of it. Yeah. I must admit, Harry, I'm, I was... I must admit, I'm sort of coming around this way of thinking. I'm not completely sold, but I'm coming around to that more and more these days. I mean, it, it's, it doesn't fit with the rest of rugby's uh, calibration. Mm. It's, it's very harsh for something well, where yeah. someone instinctively doing something, yeah. and you'd, you'd, have, you'd have to look very stupid almost and, and put your hands behind your, your back, which is, we don't want one constant, yeah. uh, constant fight for possession. I just think it's what you play on. If it's either it's a knock on or sometimes that fractured mm. field's even better because now the guy's out of position. Yeah. So. My, my, only, my only concern is that if we go back on it, that that teams will start playing at the ball more and it will become a, you know, a proper mm. calculated professional foul. And I'm not, that's probably, that's probably the only thing that is preventing me you know, buy, buying that 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 train of thought completely, I, because I think I think teams are starting to play at it a bit more now. I, I think they're actually training for that sort of thing, and and that would be the concern that that that, that, that would start getting out of hand. Um, we can uh, we'll head to, to New Zealand in, in just a second, but a quick summary of what the Wallabies need to to do. What's I guess it's it's, it's the what's next question, Jim? What's I mean, there's there's so much. How do you try and narrow it down to one? Well, I mean, they've got to bring their physicality right from the start of the game. That's two tests in a row where yeah. they've had to wait and make a comeback. That, that's that's not how you dominate an England team. You've got to yeah. do it from the start. Uh, Valentini was really good when he got a bit of uh, head of steam up. Mm. Uh, so was Tupo. Uh, the other Valentini was quiet for 50 minutes, though, I've got to say. I've, he, and I think that's two quiet games he's had now, Rob Valentini. Yeah. I thought he did some good stuff last week. But I, yeah. I, I think, yeah, the, the Aussies really have to get on the front foot uh, to start the game, um, yeah. work out some stuff that way. Um, I'm really... Uh, my head's spinning about what they're going to do with the back line, really, just yeah. to, to shape it in, in the right way. I thought Paisami did some quite good things tonight. Uh, it's going to it's a real loss not having Pattaya's uh, dash from fullback. Yeah. Um, there's still a possibility Quay Cooper could come back in, um, yeah. uh, even on the bench or or starting. I mean, that wouldn't that be a change up? Uh, yeah, Quay Cooper is uh, the starting fly half for the deciding test. And uh, I, and I don't think great. it would necessarily be because Lolasia had a bad game tonight. I, th- I think he was actually maybe even better tonight than he was last week. But um, yeah, look, it'll it'd have to come in the calculations. There's no no question there. Harry, what are you thinking for next week for the Wallabies? Uh, stopping power. So Wallabies have to stop uh, England much better in the trenches, in the mall. Uh, there were some drives that ate up clock and were completely safe. And they marched them down, marched the Wallabies down 10, 15 meters. Johnny yep. Hill was way, way too happy. I cannot believe it after all that happened. He literally was having the greatest time out there. So there has to mm. be a more mongrel. I would throw Harry Wilson in as a carrier. Uh, I think he's ready to go from minute one and you just cannot let England get ahead. They're a, 
They're a yeah. front-running team. They're, they're terrible at coming back. So if you can hold them down in the first half, then, then you got a good shot. Uh, other one would be take your points. It's a test match. Yeah. Uh, take the points. There's too many times yeah. where – and then you double down and then you're thinking, no, I have to keep going, and, and then it slips away from you. But if you narrow that score to two or three, mm. no team is immune from scoreboard pressure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the obvious one to me now is they've just got to find enough fit players right at this point in time because that injury, that injury list, that casualty ward is getting lengthy and full right now. There is, it's it's a real concern. This um, this this Australian yeah, injury. It's a, it's a. I think we're in a crisis. I think we can officially call it a crisis. So that's, I think that's the biggest concern next week. I've got no idea how they can try and try and fit. You know. I don't think Wright plays fullback, but does Hodge come in? It won't be. I don't think it'll be a Connor. I don't know. There's too many questions there right now. So that's um, that's going to be a busy week ahead, no doubt for uh, for Dave Rennie and the um, and the Australian uh, strength and conditioning team. Um, we had a cracking game uh, earlier tonight uh, down in Dunedin. Connor will get it and they'll boot it into the grandstand. Connor Murray gives it off to Cavery. And a famous Irish victory, their first against the All Blacks in New Zealand, their fourth overall, and fully deserved. Jim, I mean, incredible performance from the Irish tonight. An incredible performance. I, I'd just say, uh, how good's the World Cup looking next year? Like, mm. you've got multiple teams. Uh, I mean, you start with France against New Zealand in game one. I mean, it's just got a stellar uh, opening act and uh, so many upsets. Uh, possible all the way through the tournament so that's uh, future casting a little bit uh, brilliant from the Irish but uh, Ian Foster really uh, the All Blacks uh, don't like it ever admitting they got things wrong but I think they picked the wrong coach uh, a while ago and uh, mm-hmm. Scott Robertson earlier today was in his uh, t-shirt sunning himself in Fiji watching yeah. Australia <laughs> and Fiji um, he should be heading back to New Zealand and coaching the All Blacks so I, I said that right from the start when the decision was there yeah. to be made He's got success in his DNA. Ian Foster, I'm sorry, uh, didn't do anything with the yeah. Chiefs. And, uh, yeah, that was a, a call they might yeah. live to regret the All Blacks. My, my immediate thoughts on full-time were, was that I, I hope the Raw's servers have been uh, have been reinforced because there will be some, <laughs> some Kiwi fans on the site who will be wanting to vent for the next week, no doubt. Uh, Harry, how did, how did you see it? What, what did you love about Ireland tonight? I mean, Ireland was very smart. They made the adjustments. You know, we're talking about the Wallabies England. You saw a team in Ireland that really made adjustments. Um, they came in a different direction, different way. Uh, my problem in New Zealand right now is, you know, it's, it's heresy to say this, but are they really that good a team for New Zealand? Mm-hmm. New Zealand's, by default, supposed to be the best in the world. They're so inconsistent right now. Inconsistency mm-hmm. is the mark of good teams. And this one seems to be up and down. If you actually take you know, the last seven or eight matches and look at them, it's volatility. Yeah. And um, that's a head-scratcher. I don't know how. To... Also, yeah. I do think Foster has some stubbornness in the way he picks. You know, Ofa Tongafasi had a really horrible end of the Super Rugby, but he stuck him in there as a sacrificial lamb. There are plenty of other props who, who would have yeah. rolled better. Um, but yeah, I, I, my thing is, I just 
I think this is not as good an all-black team as we're used to. Yeah, it looks, looks that way. Uh, earlier this afternoon, uh, France held, well, well, just held on to, to get out of the top of, uh, of Japan. 20 to 15, they won there in Tokyo. Japan led that 15-7 at halftime. Uh, the Pacific Nations Cup earlier today as well. Samoa beat uh, Tonga 34-18. And then Australia A had a big win over Fiji, 32 points to 18 there. Um, but that is a wrap, guys, on the second test instant reaction. Thanks so much for, for joining joining me once again. Um, I think there's still a, still a fair bit to, uh, to be said and written um, from all of us this week on the Raw. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Harry. And we'll have all the fallout from England's win uh, tomorrow and throughout the week on theraw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite rugby analysis and opinions. Uh, all our experts will be back through, uh, through the week. Harry and I will be back for an, another episode of the, the Raw Rugby Podcast out on Wednesday uh, and the Thursday 2-Up will kick off all the previews for next weekend's final round of, uh, of July tests. Thanks so much for your company. We'll be back with more instant reaction after next Saturday night's third and final test between the Wallabies and England in Sydney.